the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And Lundy, the NFL season training camps. Uh, their padlocks are going to be removed from the gates. They're going to swing wide open later this week for a couple of franchises. And then next week, everybody will begin in earnest. So, I mean, you can smell the pigskin wafting through the air right now. And, you know, you look at DraftKings, they have a vast array of player futures, player props, also team futures and season specials that are out there. And one of them caught my eye. Which NFL franchise will allow the fewest points conceded this season? So fewest points conceded this year. Uh, the top candidates, the Baltimore Ravens at plus 750, the Washington football team at 11 to 1, San Francisco at 12 to 1, the Rams at 14 to 1, the Broncos getting some buzz with that defense. Some of uh, people comparing it to 2015, also at 14 to 1, Cleveland at 14 to 1. Among that group of six, that six pack, I'm cracking a cold one on the football team, the fighting footballs of Washington. Uh, yeah, according to Mike Clay's uh, projected strength of schedule, Washington is number 21 in ease of schedule. So uh, in the bottom third in, in terms of overall SOS. But you look at this uh, team on paper, I can argue they have maybe the best defensive line in the NFL with bookends and Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Strong linebacker core as well. The back end much improved with some of the uh, offseason signings that they put together. And you look at the division. You know, the Cowboys are going to be able to put up some major points this season, but the Giants and Eagles, ginormous question marks. And for that reason, originally I think I was going to go with the Rams at 14-1, even entertain the idea of Denver at 14-1, but with the Chargers and Chiefs uh, and having, you know, four games in total between those two squads, uh, it, you know, forced me to go a different direction. So for me, it's a fight in football to allow the fewest points in the league this year, again, at 11-1. All right, you got to ride with me on this one, or are you going to you know, play the very subjective card with the Denver Broncos? No, I will not be taking the Broncos, uh, not, not with the Chargers and the Chiefs on tap twice. No, Brad, I'm actually going to roll with what your original gut feel was, and that's the Rams. The Rammies? Um, yeah. If I were doing this one, I'll take the 14-1. to 1. I'll roll with the Rams. I'll look at the fact that they've got uh, games against, oh, I don't know, <clears throat> the Texans uh, on their schedule <laughs> uh, along with the Jags. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually think this is uh, the play for me. Obviously, we know how good that uh, uh, that defense is for the Rams, but I also really like kind of their opponents that are in there. You look at opponent winning percentage from 2020, they're kind of middle of the pack. Um, I think they've got a schedule that could allow them to hold the point total down. There's a couple in there that may pop. Uh, but that's the case with every team. So I just think the Rams overall, uh, I like your call with Washington, but I think at the end of the day, give me the Rammies to hold the point total down on the season. Yeah, I mean, when you have Aaron Donald, uh, when you have uh, Jalen Ramsey and that talented secondary there, uh, the linebacker core has got some question marks. I mean, they're, they're certainly pound for pound a restrictive defense. But, man, I worry about that division they play in with Seattle and Arizona and the San Francisco 49ers, all those teams right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, and I think it's almost universal across all sportsbooks, Arizona has the lowest win total over under at 8.5. So it is going to be maybe the most competitive division in the NFL. So uh, Lundy's going to, though, still ram it. 
and I'm going to side with those fighting footballs at 11 to one. Again, the Rams at 14 to one to have the fewest points allowed this NFL season. All right, with that, let's get to it on this manic Monday with another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right. Uh, again, we're going to peer into the crystal ball here, Lundy, and look ahead to the upcoming NFL season. We've been featuring a ton of player props uh, over the long haul, and we're going to go back to that well right now. Let's go to Robbie Anderson, a guy that I feel is a Rodney Dangerfield all-star. Guy's getting disrespected, and you know where I'm going to lean here. I'm taking the over on 81.5 receptions at DraftKings at minus 120. You look at this Carolina offense under Joe Brady. They're going to be assertive. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to push pedal the metal down the field uh, going from Teddy Two Gloves and Bridgewater to Sam Darnold. Uh, they called pass just over 59% of the time last year and I expect more of the same especially with a rickety defense. And you look at Robbie Anderson according to the advanced analytics profile Top 20 in air yards. Top 20 in yards after the catch. Top 20 in red zone receptions. You know, he's not just the streak receiver he was early in his career. He's added a ton of branches to the route tree. Uh, you look at the target share last year, 26.1%, 138 in total. He had the 95 catches, and I think he can carry that over with the rapport that he already has established to Sam Dartle. Remember, he had Decembers to remember. He was a fantasy football playoff savior in back-to-back years in 2018 to 2019 with Sam Darnold twirling the pill in his general direction. So pull it all together, man. Uh, I think Anderson's got to be right around 90 catches yet again, especially in a 17-game season. So fade or follow my over for Robbie Anderson, 81.5 receptions at minus 120. I will follow on this one, and you had the magic word uh, in there, rapport. I mm. like this uh, opportunity that he's got a little reunited, and it feels, feels so good. good. Uh, yeah. You bring Darnold in there. I, I think this is a 90-catch season for him. Um, maybe he doesn't quite get to that 95. Maybe uh, defenses uh, zone in. Maybe things like that happen. But I don't need him to get to 95. I need him to get to 82 for purposes of this yeah. bet. And with yeah. a 17-game season, I think that can happen. I think he's already got the uh, lockstep going with Darnold. I think they will call his number. And I think because of that trust factor, Darnold will be looking for him. That gets those catches up. That gets those targets up. Like this one a lot. Get it up over that 82. Run! With Robbie. Number four. All right, let's go to the Dachshund of the desert. Going to be spinning those little legs and maybe earn himself some milk bones, some sausages, some bacon strips. Mm-mm, good. And uh, the little pup I'm talking about, of course, is Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. And we're not so focused on his passing props. I mean, we'll do that in a later episode. Uh, there is one in particular I do like. But let's zero in on those uh, little squatty legs. And I'm going to take the under, believe it or not, Lundy, on 680.5 rush yards at minus 115. Now, his first two years in the league, 544 rush yards in year one. 819 last year and remember he slowed up uh, toward the end of the year because of the dinged wing that he had he was trying to protect himself didn't run with as much reckless abandon as he normally would though he does like Russell Wilson protect himself masterfully against the opposition a former baseball player getting that slide down getting himself out of bounds uh, making sure he remains upright for the entire year but I don't think he's going to get another 133 attempts on the ground and if you read the tea leaves based on what Kyle Murray himself has said, along with the coaching staff this offseason, they're like, yeah, uh, I'm not going to run as much as I have done previously. It's why they brought James Conner in to pair with 
uh, Chase Edmonds. You know, you look at the vertical weapons he has, A.J. Green, maybe can sip on the Fountain of Youth. Uh, They're in the desert this year, but you add Rondale Moore as well to go along with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. I think it's going to be a the lower reliance on Murray uh, to really, you know, be a, a little water bug out there and scurry all over the field. So, you know, he's got to average 40.1 rush yards per game to get there. I think it's achievable in a 17-game season, but with a deduction in emphasis, uh, diminish emphasis, if you will, on those legs, I think he's going to be around 625, 650 when it's all said and done. So fade or follow my under 680.5 rush yards for Kyler Murray. I will follow as well because I've been thinking 600 is the number. I know you just said six and a quarter, maybe 650. I think 600 is the number for him because I think what you just said is what's going to happen. I think we're going to see fewer attempts. I think it's going to be more like the um, you know early part of the season, even that middle portion of the season. They went on that uh, losing streak right in the middle where he just wasn't running the ball a lot. He was finishing with 15 yards, 30 yards, 29 yards, numbers like that. I feel like that's more like where he's going to be. I don't think he's going to pop like he did against the Dolphins last year for a for 106. I just don't think if they get into those kind of game scripts, he's going to get hurt. Um, yeah. And I think they know it. I think the coaching staff knows it. I think they've got to make sure that he stays down. So to me, Brad, when we talk about a, a good solid number, if he averages about 35 a game, that keeps him tucked underneath, as you said. And I think that's about where he's going to be. They need his legs because they need that threat, but they can't rely on him. No, I'm with you there. Look, make your voice be heard. Vote right now where you stand on the over the under for Kyler Murray Rush Yards this season. 680.5 again is a line. Minus 115 either direction. And we will share the results at the end of the pod today. Number three. All right, marching on. Uh, let's go with a greenhorn who's going to be wearing the green helmet and J-E-T-S emblazoned on the side. Yeah, we're talking about Michael Carter, formerly of the North Carolina Tar Heels, former uh, college teammate, a dynamic one-two punch backfield with one Javante, juggernaut Javante Williams, who's now a member of the Denver Broncos. But zeroing in on Carter and focusing on his rush yards, uh, specifically 575 and a half, Lundy. That is it. And yeah, cue the Peter Gabriel. I'm hammering the over on this one. And minus 115. I, I love Carter's Weeble Wobble build. Five foot eight, 201 pounds. A guy that's got the shimmy, the shake, and the open field wheels uh, to generate a lot of yards, not only after initial contact, uh, but just chewing up real estate in general. He forced 47 missed tackles last season for the Tar Heels. That was the fifth most among all FBS running backs. He was also top six in total yards after contact, and he is certainly known, uh, if you watch the film, for his contact balance. Uh, takes a lick and it keeps on ticking. Uh, now, you know, this new offense under LeFleur with Adam Gase now calling doomed-to-fail plays at the high school level, Lundy. That's how far he has fallen. Uh, Mike LeFleur is going to step in and install this West Coast scheme. Robert Saleh there, of course, more defensive-minded, so he's really one to stress ball control, especially with a young and experienced quarterback in Zach Wilson at the controls. So, you know, this offense is going to be similar to what San Francisco had, and that was a team that ran the Rock 51% of the time last year, and Carter, yeah, you got Tevin Coleman there. Uh, you've got some other leftovers and holdovers as well, but cream rises to the top, and Carter is certainly the most talented of the bunch, and 575.5 
is not exactly a fat number for him to get over. Plus, you got the improved offensive line to boot. So, Michael Carter over 575.5 rush yards. You got to ride with the rookie and me on the over. Fade or follow? Yes, absolutely. And the other reason why I like it bad, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, which yep. earns you more snap share. That's mm. what I like, having mm. him out there on the field uh, as much as possible, making defenses try to guess. Look, I don't expect him to have eight yards per carry like he did uh his final year at north carolina my favorite stat for him coming out of north carolina brad 23 percent of his carries went for over 10 yards (laughs) i love that number um so i think he's going to be a solid back i think he's got a pathway to be able to be the lead guy uh with this offense and so 575 i think he's going to have the opportunity that's really what i'm i'm banking on here is snap share and if he's got the snap share i think he can snap this 575 Stick around for my top plays tonight in Major League Baseball. Number two. All right, let's go to the diamond. We're going to charge ahead with the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm going to take the over here, Lundy, on five and a half runs at plus odds. Yes, let's get seduced by that juice. Taking on the Metropolitans uh, there at a great American ballpark, a place that has been ultra-friendly to the bats of the home team with a 789 home OPS and a 5.4 runs per game average. Uh, that's what the Reds have netted so far this season inside their friendly confines. Now, they're licking their wounds. They lost three straight games coming off the All-Star break uh, to the arch nemesis and the pack leader right now in the NL Central, the Milwaukee Brewers. But I think they're really going to shake off the rust. I think they're going to get back on track against its Mets team with Jared Eikhoff on the mound, who has got a 4.970 array and a 6.11 XFIP which tells you, well, that ERA may actually climb a little bit more. Now, Eikhoff has only had 12 and two-thirds innings pitch. This is going to be his third start of the season. In that 12.2 innings pitch, he's given up seven earned runs. So Nick Castellanos, uh, Jesse Winker, and company, I think they're going to be cracking those bats from start to finish. And again, that's why I think it's going to be a half a dozen runs or more at plus odds. Fade or follow? Plus odds? Yes, Did sir. You say plus odds. Yes, sir. Oh, I didn't matter. You could have been talking about the, you know, the Tigers for all I care. You threw out <laughs> plus odds at me, my man. Yes, I'm going to jump on this. I want to start off the week. This has been a very bumpy uh, ride for me over the last, uh, you know, going back just before the All Star break and then coming out of the All Star break with my baseball bets. So <laughs> I have decided I that story. I need. I need to kind of I, I need to clear the cobwebs, Brad. I need yep. to I need to yep. shake things loose yep. and I need to find myself a winner. And I like the idea of Cincinnati scoring early and often. So give me the over at plus odds. Yes, sir. Sign me up. Let's start off with a <laughs> heater this week. Go, Reds, go. Number one. Oh, speaking of the Detroit Tigers, uh, as Lundy was just lambasting them, uh, let's Go ahead and ride with their starter and hope he doesn't suck. At least that's what I'm going to do. Give me the over on Casey Mize. Three and a half strikeouts against the Texas Rangers. My best player on the board today. Now, it's a minus 145. And if you want to reduce the juice, then get seduced by it. You can always fade the Baltimore Orioles because that's usually a profitable endeavor, uh, especially when they're going up against a formidable foe like the Tampa Bay Rays. So if you want to take the Mize over three and a half Ks against the Rangers and you match that, slap it together uh, with the Rays, it's plus 140, Lundy. 
But I digress on Mize as a solo wager here and why I like him. Uh, he did face the Texas Rangers right before the All-Star break on July 7th. Only went four innings, a couple of earned runs, two Ks, got pulled early to get some extra rest. Uh, but he has been over three and a half punch outs in 13 of 17 starts this season. Yaz uh, got a 4.15 home ERA. Uh, the call plus swing strike rate, uh, quite respectable, laudable 27.2%. And sure, the Texas Rangers have the fifth lowest strikeout rate over the last 30 days in Major League Baseball. But three and a half, uh, Mize can easily achieve four strikeouts here in the rematch at home. Uh, so again, Give me that over on Casey Mize, three and a half Ks. If you want to slap it together with Tampa Bay's plus 140, if you want to ride solo, minus 145. Fade or follow on any of the above options I just mentioned. Well, I love the fact we've told people on this pod that you and I do not compare notes or anything prior to no, we do not. down. All no. we do is we've got our fade five. Uh, we talk about some bonus picks. I have a bonus pick coming up. But, yes, I'm going to, first of all, follow on Mize. I like the idea of getting at least four punch outs going up against the Rangers for sure. Uh, but there's some bonus time to be Ooh. had here, Brad, Ooh. and that's how we make our money. Oh, that's indeed the case. So you're teeing it up, and let's smack it down the middle of fairway, amigo. Bonus time! What is on your card? I've got two different bonus time picks. First one, let's do the two-legger that you actually just hinted at. I was sitting back saying to myself, Nate, uh, fade Baltimore. Always fade Always fade Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> so you brought up the idea, but of course, Tampa is a huge favorite. However... I also liked the idea of what Cincinnati is doing. So if I take both teams on the money line, Tampa juiced way, way, way to the heavy favorite. But if I pair that up with Cincinnati to actually get it done at home, if I put those two together with uh, Tampa and Cincy on the money line, I bring in a nice plus 154. Then for whatever reason, I know when we were coming out of the All-Star break, I said that my long shot that I wanted to do was for the Giants to actually win the NL West. They were plus 435 at the yes, time. Sir. I said I felt like they would leapfrog over the Dodgers and actually take uh, the division, although I do think the wild cards are coming out of the NL West as well. But for whatever reason tonight, Brad, I'm also feeling the Dodgers just straight on the money line, minus 135. Mm. I think they take care of it at home. Uh, for whatever reason, they have been playing very well against the Giants. I think if the Giants are going to take the division, it's going to be because of the other wins they do. But the Dodgers, they just seem to... To, to step up their game against San Francisco. So I'm going to take the Dodgers on the money line. Oh, you know what? I've got a bet in that game as well at bonus time. So let's go ahead and piggyback on that. Give me the under in that Giants-Dodgers game. Eight runs at minus 110. you got Tony Gonsolin with a 2.13 ERA. A dynamite with 11.01K per nine on the bump for L.A. And you know, Kevin Gossman has been in the Cy Young conversation for this Giants team. He has emerged as the true blue ace of this you know, shockingly good franchise, 1.73 ERA, 10.44K per nine, and he's given up three earn and 11 innings pitch against the Dodgers this season. So this has got like four to two, I think, written all over it. Hopefully it will be for the team wearing blue, and you score the W, and I get paid as well. Elsewhere, one other bonus time for me. Give me the under. On Lance Lynn strikeouts, the Chicago White Sox, six and a half, going up against the Minnesota Twins at minus 120. Uh, this is the second 
game of the seven-inning double header between these two division rivals. You look at Minnesota, seventh lowest strikeout rate over the last 30 days in Major League Baseball. Lynn this season in three turns against the Twins, 9Ks, 2Ks, 6Ks. So he's been under this in two or three, and he's been under this in three of his last four. And I think that trend, again, continues on the under six-and-a-half strikeouts. Oh, poll results, poll results. We got 207 votes submitted. And right now, Kyler Murray, over 680.5. They're fading us, Lundy. Is your leader at 54.6%. The under on the 680.5 rush yards at 45.4%. Keep submitting your votes. Keep submitting your comments as well. And we're going to keep on chugging along. And hopefully, again, start off the week on a heater. And that's a wrap on this edition of the Faith That Always podcast. Uh, please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noise Chavos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.